Welcome, Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James here, and this is Voice of Christian Israel for July 9th, 2023. And today I was uh, going to focus mainly on an article about Germany and how Germany is becoming more nationalistic. And uh, Pastor Martins and I had talked frequently about the prophecies of Senior Van Rensburg and how he predicted that one day Germany would come to the aid of South Africa, of the Boer people, and help liberate the Boer people. Now, of course, we said at the time, it's a couple of years ago now, that dramatic changes would have to take place in Germany before that could happen. And so we will deal with that in part two of today's broadcast. But first, I just quickly want to uh, investigate this uh, article about Chicago and how the uh the the town of Chicago has been experiencing really horrible riots by black people of course mainstream media is not going to talk about what the race of these <laughs> of these people is but this is the article here from ourpatriot.com hundreds of teens join forces to destroy Chicago neighborhood and why this is important to me personally because it's the Lakeview community of Chicago where I grew up from 1959 to 1999. It's almost an exclusively white neighborhood, uh, middle class to upper middle class, where white families have, uh, you know, propagated a very peaceful, very low crime rate. Whatever crime uh, occurs in Lakeview is usually done by blacks coming from the south side. It always has been that way. But very few blacks ever lived there. Because why? Well, because the uh, housing costs there are rather high. And that's the reason I had to move out in 1999. I just couldn't afford to live in Lakeview anymore. But at the same time, the general population is very, very liberal. It's white liberals with lots of money who promote uh, racial integration intellectually without actually practicing it in reality. Okay, typical, uh, what, what do you call it, the, the deconstruct, the, uh, the disconnect between liberal ideology and liberal actions. Okay, that's we find this everywhere. The hypocrisy of liberalism is everywhere. So here we go. Monday was a disaster for the citizens of Lakeview. Hundreds of teens rode the L train to the neighborhood, only to take their frustrations out on the private and public property of the area. And I still have friends and relatives who live there. I know them very well. One of uh, the neighbors across the street from our house on Newport Avenue, uh, were very liberal, uh, very well-to-do, both had jobs, they had... Uh, Two children, they believed in the uh, medical profession. Both of their children got vaccinated. Both of them got uh, got ill from the vaccinations. They refused to consider the possibility that the medical profession is corrupt and vaccines are dangerous. Okay, typical liberals. And I tried to warn them the vaccinations are evil, but they refused to listen. Anyway, both their sons had autism. Let's continue. Uh, this was... Only one in a series of takeovers the city has experienced in recent times. It's been epidemic in Chicago, as I got out just in time. 
With summer already here, the authorities are expecting even more of these developments in coming weeks. Yes, it's going to get worse. I've been predicting that Chicago is going to go the way of Detroit. Horrible upbringing. Those unlucky enough to have been present in Lakeview at the time could watch as these kids blocked the roadway. They did everything in their power to just be a menace to society, ranging from jumping on cars and breaking things to attacking bystanders and destroying personal property that people from the neighborhood worked hard to obtain. It says here, 16th and 17th District Chicago Police Scanner, 300 maybe more teens, quote-unquote, blacks, running wild in Lakeview on a chilly Monday night. Where's the mayor? Well, the mayor is black, so he's not going to do anything. One of the residents who chose to remain unidentified, likely for their own safety, claimed the teens were using their car as a bar. Not even police cars were spared, as can be seen on the video footage from the scene. Upon seeing the chaos unfolding around 10 p.m. in Lakeview, the woman in question immediately called the police. It would turn out that law enforcement was overwhelmed with the number of calls coming in. Like I said, it's going the way of Detroit. Thankfully, Chicago police officers are not yet to succumb to the woke policing tactics you're bound to see in places like San Francisco and Los Angeles. In fact, the entire West Coast, all the way to Colorado, right? It hasn't come to the Midwest yet. They swiftly got the situation under control and took the teens off the Lakeview roadway, but they didn't arrest anybody. The demographic speaks for itself. That being said, the damage isn't something Lakeview residents will be able to overlook. Almost every car in their neighborhood has been beaten up. If witness reports are are to be trusted, even gunshots were fired on the scene. One woman from Lakeview, Grace Rowan, who actually gives her name, stated she can't believe what her once-beloved neighborhood has become, adding, it's scary to imagine how things will get if these teens are left unchecked. Still no mention of the race of these so-called teens. Naturally, the majority of these kids managed to walk away unscathed without any repercussions. This left many wondering if it's even worth it trying to be civil about this or if the citizens should take matters into their own hands. Should they become conservatives? Should they become gun-toting patriots? I don't see that coming. But they're getting scared. You never know. Scared people do crazy things. The core of the issue lies in the fact that the equality and equity trend is impeding law enforcement's ability to deal with violent criminals as the majority of them are unsupervised black teens, if not all of them. Not a single officer wants the spotlight put on them for arresting someone in a manner that the woke mob will deem racist. It's why so few of these kids are actually arrested, with most of them walking away scot-free. Chicago has become a shell of a city it once was. We can only hope the city's administration will do something about these takeovers, or it could really get ugly fast. I'm predicting it's going to get uglier faster, because the current mayor of the city of Chicago is another black guy. We had a black woman. Now we have a black man as mayor of Chicago, and they're going to do nothing about the racial situation. They're going to keep blaming whites for all the evil that the black community does in the city of Chicago. So it's only going to get worse, as we foresaw many, many years ago. Okay, many years ago. Now, for the uh, article that I wanted to read from, Germany's far right. 
from the New York Times, of all places. As German anxieties about future rise, far-right party profits. Hooray! The far-right needs to profit from all the violence committed by blacks and Jews in Chicago and elsewhere. And the article states, let's see, where's the date? Is there a date on this? Anyway, with Germans facing an era of political and economic turbulence, the alternative for Germany is resurgent. Mainstream politicians are struggling to respond. By the way, the same thing is happening in Denmark and Belgium as farmers are rebelling against the Jew world order in Europe. And uh, the people are getting sick and tired of all the you know, racial integration, the anti-white attacks of white people, white Europeans in Europe. So it's the same situation in Europe. It's just uh, festering. It's been ongoing there much longer because of the uh, European Union. So this right-wing nationalist party in Germany, their, uh, their abbreviation is AFD, and I think it's Alternative for Germany, Alternative for Deutschland, Alternative for Deutschland is the German name of it, speaking to passers-by at their information booth in Hennigsdorf, Germany, this month. Lena Mucha for the New York Times. And the article is by Erika Solomon, reporting from Gera, Germany. Her face, she doesn't look Jewish. She might be, but she might actually be of Germanic descent. Erika Solomon. The tables were... Okay, this is very recent. June 20th, 2023. The tables were packed at the Waldhaus, that is the Forest House, a restaurant on the wooded outskirts of an East German town as the regulars, workers shaking calloused hands, retirees clutching purses in their lap, settled in for a pub gathering of the far-right alternative for Germany, yes, Germany, Europe needs an alternative besides Jewish control. But the diehards worry Germany's political leadership less than people like Ina Radzeit, an insurance agent in a flowered blouse. She squeezed in among platters of schnitzel <laughs> and frothy beers for her first visit to the AFD, the German initials by which the party is known. Alternative for Deutschland. What's wrong, she said. Where do I start? She feels unsafe with migration rising. She's uncomfortable with Germany providing weapons to Ukraine. She is exasperated by government squabbling over climate plans. She fears will cost citizens like her their modest but comfortable way of life. Yeah, global warming is just another Jewish scam which the European Union has become part of. All right, so this is what's happening in Germany, and uh, it all runs full revolution all over the world. Yes, Bavaria man, that's what it means. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Kim Smith says, uh, I'm uh, I'm sure with tongue-in-cheek, most well-to-do whites have to be woke. Negro labor keeps the roof over their head. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you're correct about that, Mr. Kim Smith, because uh, the neighborhood I used to live in in Chicago, Lakeview, is riddled with the, 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 the lakefront liberals. 
the lakefront liberals are the the biggest demographic on the north side of the city. The south side of Chicago is more working class whites, factory jobs, you know, the steel industry that used to be there, et cetera, et cetera. But now, you know, Mexicans are moving in, not so much blacks anymore, but Mexicans are moving in, pretty much taking over the city. I think the racial demographic of Chicago these days is only about 20% white. But uh, those whites are congregated in variously various neighborhoods that are very segregated, like the far northwest side, very much white, very much segregated. Lakeview still very much white, still very much segregated. But I imagine white flight out of the city is going to increase dramatically as these invasions from uh, south side ra- rampaging blacks continue to get worse. And yes, the revolution, communist, Jewish, Bolshevik revolution is proceeding worldwide. Uh, our well, vast majority of our white people simply do not understand that this is an orchestrated invasion of non-whites into America and Europe, orchestrated by the Jews. So let's continue. I can't say now, the the lady continues, if I would ever vote for the AFD, she said, but I am listening. (laughs) Yeah, you have to start by listening. As anxieties over Germany's future rise, so too, it seems, does the AFD. And of course, this is happening all over Europe. In fact, the, uh, oh, well, a part of the, stance of the AFD is to dissolve the European Union, which would be a tremendous thing. That would mean that would mean the Rothschilds would lose a tremendous amount of power. And funding for the Ukraine war, the Jewish funding for the Ukraine war against Russia would collapse also. If Germany decides not to be part of the European Union, the European Union would be in dire straits. Let's continue. The AFD has reached a polling high in Germany's formerly communist eastern states, where those people remember how the Jews controlled communism, where it is now the leading party, drawing around a third of voters. It is edging up in the wealthier West. Nationally, it is polling neck and neck with Chancellor Olaf Scholz's Social Democrats. So, the formerly uh, leading party, the Social Democrats, is now being challenged by nationalists. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition in Germany. If the trends last, if the trend lasts, the AFD could represent its most serious threat to Germany's political establishment since 2017, when it became the first far-right party to enter parliament since World War II. I'm surprised the article is not calling them Nazis. The turnabout is surprising for a party whose political obituaries filled the German media a year ago, after it had sunk in national elections. And I wonder why that happened. It's curious as to wonder why that happened. Anyway, and it reflects the unease of a country at a crossroads. Europe, is the white race is at a crossroads. And there's a uh, photograph of the Restaurant here, locals arriving for an AFD meeting in the Waldhaus restaurant in Gera, Germany. 
Lena Mucha for the New York Times. After decades of post-war prosperity, Germany is struggling to transform its 20th century industrial exporting model into a digitized economy that can withstand climate change and competition from powers like China. Well, maybe it's competition. Maybe the corporate headquarters of German business are seeing the handwriting on the wall and they have to become competitive again. Quote, We are living in a world of global upheaval, said Rene Springer, the national AFD lawmaker speaking at the Waldhaus in Gera. Quote, Our responsibility to our children is to one day leave them better off than we are. That's no longer to be expected. Now, isn't it the case that it used to be a Christian ideal that we should leave the world better off than it was when we were born? Does anybody in the West have that idea anymore? No, that's out the window as Christianity has abandoned its responsibility to make the world a better place. Judeo-Christianity does not have in view the idea that Christians are to make the world a better place. It's over. It's simply over. It just shows how poorly the Judeo-Christian world has been operating in the last, well, hundred years, actually, since the uh, Schofield Reference Bible was published, and there was no such thing as Judeo-Christianity in those days, and the term only came about in the mid-30s under Rosenfeld. So we know that's a modern movement, and it's a fake movement. Well, let's continue. When it was elected in 2021, Mr. Schultz's three-party coalition vowed to lead Germany through a painful but necessary transformation. Instead, the country was plunged into deeper uncertainty by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Ukraine was blasting the Donbass. No, no, I'm sorry, not the Donbass, but uh, that section of Russia, which was primarily of Russian ethnicity. And for eight years, Ukraine was bombarding the that Russian territory that was taken from Ukraine. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, it was given to Ukraine by uh, by Russia during the the Bolshevik era, and but it remained ethnically Russian throughout. And so there was a vote taken by those ethnic Russians to join Russia and leave Ukraine. And Ukraine never ceased to bombard that area of Russia ever since. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't like Russia started it; the Ukrainians started it. At first, the coalition seemed to be beat the odds. Allies praised its pledge to overwrite post-war pacifism with military revitalization. It found alternatives to cheap Russian gas, nearly 50% of its supply, with unexpected speed. Now, I haven't heard about that. Where did the cheap gas come from? Did Biden send the gas to America and raise our prices by sending it overseas? Maybe that's what happened. But then the country dipped into recession. Migration numbers reached all-time highs, mostly driven by Ukrainian refugees. Now, that's interesting. I have not heard of this. 
that Ukrainians now are flooding into Germany, in addition to Muslims, blacks, and uh, Eastern, well, uh, Middle Eastern, you know, uh, Pakistanis, Indians, etc. So Germany and Britain have been flooded with these types of migrants, but apparently there is a flood of Ukrainian refugees from Ukraine. Very interesting. And the coalition began fighting among itself over how to return to the course it set for Germany before the war. The AFD, a party that mostly drew support by criticizing migration, found new appeal as a defender of Germany's economically precarious class. Amen. Okay. The war has created a precarious situation, benefit only the international Jew, as usual. Quote, With migration, the AFD offered a cultural narrative and identity to those anxious about their future, said Johannes Hilje, a German political scientist who studies the AFD. So, what, uh, is he woke or what? We'll find out. Quote, Now the cultural threat is coming not just from outside, but from within. That is the transformation policy of the government. So, the government has been part of the European Union for the longest time. That's not a good thing. That's a horrible thing. So, the European Union needs to be dissolved. Absolutely. And there's a photograph of an AFD demonstration on energy security and inflation outside the Reichstag in Berlin in October. Very good. Sizable demonstration here. The AFD has resurged despite domestic intelligence classifying it as a suspected right-wing extremist organization. Are they going to use the word Nazi? Are they going to use the word Nazi? I'll bet they will if the AFD gets more powerful. Allowing it to be put under surveillance. Okay, all right. Well, they're treating them like Nazis, aren't they? Its branch in Thuringia, where the Waldhaus gathering was held, is classified as confirmed extremist. Okay, to be a real German is to be an extremist. A month earlier... Its national youth wing was also classified, confirmed, extremist. They don't want to use the word Nazi. Though that label was recently lifted as a case regarding its status is settled in the court. So labeling is all important, right? If you can label a group as being Nazis, that smears them. In April, the the domestic intelligence agency head, Thomas Haldenwang, said in the agency's yearly report that of 28,500 AFD members, around 10,000 are believed to be extremists. Oh, no, 10,000 extremists, which means they love Germany and want to see Germany preserved as it should be, namely for white people. Yet a full third of Germans now view it as a normal democratic party, Mr. Hilja said. Good news from Germany. The German people are waking up. Quote, The paradox is that, at the same time, it has become more and more clear 
that this is really a radical party, if not an extremist party. Well, it's a German party reacting to the insane invasion of Germany orchestrated by the international Jew. We have a right to have our own ethnic policy, not a policy dictated by various Jews around the world. In previous years, the party seemed ready to sideline extreme figures. No longer. This April, co-leader Alice Weidel spoke alongside Bjorn Höcke, party leader in Thuringia, and seen as one of the AFD's most radical politicians. Yes, the more radical, the better. The more white, the better. Mr. Höcke was recently charged by state prosecutors for using the phrase Everything for Germany at a rally. Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles. That's a beautiful tune, anyway. A Nazi stormtrooper slogan. There you go. There you go. I like it. Good news from Germany. None of that dampened the enthusiasm of the at the Waldhaus in Gera, a town of about 93,000 in eastern Thuringia, where the AFD is the most popular party. It's going to get popular all over Germany. Anke Wettengel, a schoolteacher, called such labels the equivalent of focusing on hooligan fans of a soccer team, not a reflection of the more normal supporters like her. Well, it's the middle-class white Germans who are beginning to see the problem and have formed a party to counteract the Jew world order. Of course, they're not going to speak in those terms, but they know what's going on. Nor did she see a problem with Mr. Hooker's language. Quote, that was a very normal sentence, she said. We should be allowed to be proud of our country today without immediately being accused of being extremists. No, you're a racist. The Jew says you're a racist, so you have to accept that label. From the stage, Mr. Springer railed against not only immigrant labor reforms, calling them a, quote, traitorous system against Native citizens, unquote. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. But also criticized new climate measures. Yeah, the, the, the woke climatologists who are leading the world astray with their fear porn about the environment. The audience thumped their tables in approval. Yeah, get get your Bierstein out and thump that table. Stefan Brandner, Gera's AFD representative, shared statistics that he said overwhelmingly linked foreigners to murders and food handouts, eliciting gasps from the crowd. Amen. Many guests said it is such real facts that drew them to AFD events. The federal government wrote in a document providing statistics to the AFD that the data was not substantial enough for such conclusions. Well, you can see the murders, the rapes and murders, are predominantly caused by non-white invaders. I don't want to use the term immigrants. They are invaders promoted by the international Jew. Political analysts say Germany's main parties share the blame for the AFD's right. Yes, they do, because they're the ones who promoted this anti-white immigrant invasion. There's no doubt about that. The Germans are finally waking up. The Jews amongst the wheat, yes, (laughs) ready to be burnt. 
I thought I smelled something burning. <laughs> Getting back to the article here. Okay. Political analysts say Germany's main parties share the blame for the AFD's rise. Yes, they do, by playing ball with the Jews. Mr. Schultz's coalition failed to convincingly communicate its transformation plans. Of course, Schultz is the mainstream party. And instead appeared locked in internal battles over how to carry them out. You have to realize that the German people have been through so much, starting with World War II, and taking the blame for World War II as they falsely had to take the blame for World War I, and the Jew have kept them suppressed and have been invading Germany with the, this immigrant invasion. And the German people are beginning to say, we've had enough. Their mainstream conservative opponents, including the Christian Democrats of former Chancellor Angela Merkelstein, are edging closer to AFD positions, hoping to regain voters themselves. I smell a trend. I smell a trend, folks. The German people are beginning to wake up. So maybe Senior Van Rensburg's prophecy that Germany would ultimately come to the aid of the Boer people is beginning to take shape. It seemed like a far-fetched idea four or five years ago when Pastor Martins and I first discussed it. But it's looking like it may be a reality soon. Certainly the German people have had enough. And the German people especially do not want war. They've had enough of war. And the European Union uh, creating this war in Ukraine is very alarming to the German people. They don't want German troops being finagled into another war. That's the last thing the German people want. So they're starting to trigger German fears. Number one, the fear of losing their identity, of their race being destroyed by all these illegal immigrants, invaders. And their fear of yet another war on German soil, which is the last thing they want. And they don't want German troops being sent to foreign wars. The German people have had enough of war. And they're beginning to realize that this illegal immigrant invasion is a war. Let's continue. There are mainstream conservative opponents, including the Christian Democrats of former Angela, Angela Merkelstein, are edging closer to AFD positions, hoping to regain voters themselves. So when politicians start maneuvering to get the right-wing vote, you know there's a major change taking place. They are adopting the AFD's antagonism to gender-neutral language, as well as tougher stances on migration. So they're rejecting all this liberalism, folks. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Some Christian Democratic leaders are even calling to remove asylum rights in Germany's constitution. All right, maybe they will allow guns. AFD supporters have noticed their views becoming normalized even as rivals try to marginalize the party. And that makes it more difficulty, more difficult for mainstream parties to regain their trust. That's correct. The right wing is surging. Quote, they are getting hardened, unquote, said Julia Reichenbach 
a political scientist at the Free University of Berlin, quote, No group of core voters is as unreachable as those of the AFD. Yes, their minds are made up. They're sick and tired of the immigration invasion. They're sick and tired of wokeness. Wokeness. (laughs) Wokeness. And they're sick and tired of Germany being the bill payer for the European Union. Takes money out of their pockets. And they're sick and tired of war. Unlike most liberals. Liberals speak against war, but practice it in reality. Last week, the German Institute for Human Rights, a state-funded organization, released a study arguing that the language and tactics used by the AFD, quote, to achieve its racist and right-wing extremist goals, unquote, could meet conditions for banning the party as, quote, a danger to the free democratic order, unquote, so much for allowing the majority to rule. <laughs> right? So much for democracy. No, if the people start voting against Jew world order policies, then democracy must fail, as it always does anyway. Yet such proposals create another dilemma for democratic society. The tools Germany has for fighting the party it sees as a threat are the same that reinforce sentiments among AFD supporters that their country is not actually democratic. Right, it isn't. There is no such thing as democracy. Democracy is is ruled by Jewish media. Quote, How can it be that an organization funded by the state can stand up and try to stigmatize a significant part of its voters? Unquote. Mr. Springer asked in an interview. Yeah, name-calling. It is a question to which those in the crowd, like Mrs. Vettengel, have found unsettling answers. Quote, Mainstream politics are against the people, she said. Not for the people. You think? You think? This is positive, really good news, folks. The German people are beginning to wake up. The real test of AFD support won't come until next year, when several East German states hold elections and it has a chance at taking the largest share of the vote. In the meantime, every week, AFD politicians fan out across the country, hosting information booths, pub nights, and citizen dialogues as if it already were campaign season. All right, so the right wing is mobilizing in Germany, and they're starting early. This is an extremely positive sign, folks. I am tickled pink. Outside the train station of Henningsdorf, a Berlin suburb, the state AFD lawmaker Andreas Galau handed out pamphlets to visitors with an unwavering smile. Some passers-by shouted insults. Others were curious. Yeah, well, those passers-by were probably Jews. Quote, well, they're still liberals in Germany, after all. They're, they work for the government. Quote, many come here just to get their frustrations off their chest, unquote, he said with a chuckle. They come up and tell us what is on their minds. We're a bit of a therapy group. Yeah, Germany needs therapy. The world needs therapy. Anti-Jewish therapy. More and more people, he said, no longer feel ashamed to show interest in the AFD. 
It is this sense that the political establishment is not listening to ordinary people that may be helping fill out the AFD's ranks. Absolutely. No major political party listens to the people. And that's certainly true here in America. In Gera, Mr. Springer's address to the crowd seemed an exercise in catharsis and validation. Quote, they think we are stupid, he said. They'll think again when the next elections come. Very good, very good, very good. The world is becoming more right-wing as we speak. So, we have about 40 minutes left, so I'm going to search for the article that I was looking at earlier today about Denmark. Yeah, Germany has been the whipping boy, and vote fraud has been... Yeah, Nimblehorse says, dark-haired chairs among the blonde-haired wheat. Yeah, dark-haired chairs among the blonde-haired wheat. That's what we've got going for. So, folks, so let's, what's happening? Denmark, Denmark and Netherlands. So I've got to do a search. I was reading about this earlier. Denmark and Netherlands. Rejecting the European Union. Okay. All right, so the first article. Uh, I like it. I like this. T- uh, this is from The Guardian. And also from the New York Times. So there's several articles here. Dutch say devastating no to EU Constitution. This is from the Garden. Or sorry, the Guardian. <laughs> the Guardian of Eden, right? <laughs> so I'll share this with the people in the chat room. And we are experiencing a radical shift. The times they are a changing, folks. The times they are a changing. The Jews have to complete their total control, Mystery Babylon control. Before the revolution, the white revolution, the wrath of the awakened Saxon, Dutch say devastating no to EU constitution. EU Commission President Jose Manuel Barroso at a media conference at EU headquarters in Brussels. Check it as a tear in his eye. The project for greater European integration was today facing crisis after Dutch voters rejected the Constitution spelling out the conditions of unity. With 99.8% of ballots counted, unofficial results showed 61.6% had voted no to the Constitution, with 38.4% saying yes, that 38.4% are government bureaucrats. The level of opposition and the turnout of 62.8% exceeded all projections. Europe is turning to the right, folks. Europe is turning to the right. The Dutch revolt against their rulers in The Hague and Brussels is without parallel. For 50 years, the Netherlands has been a stronghold of European integration and the home to the Maastricht Treaty that produced the Euro single currency the most striking instrument of unification. Until the final hours of voting, 
the Dutch government campaigned for the charter, and the extent of opposition was a body blow. Oh, I like it. I like it. Good news today from Eurofolk Radio. Europe is finally beginning to wake up. Jan Peter Balkanende. Balkanende, the Prime Minister, swiftly conceded defeat and acknowledged the gap between politicians and the electorate. You think? You think the politicians have, for all these decades, been out of touch with the true electorate? Of course they have. That's why the welfare state was created here in America, so that blacks could outvote whites and Latinos could outvote whites, etc., etc. And the immigration invasion is for the same reason. Quote, The idea of Europe has lived for the politicians, but not the Dutch people, he stated. That will have to change. The French president, Jacques Chirac, said the Dutch vote, which came just three days after France rejected the EU constitution, had exposed questions. Is this, how old is this article? I thought this was recent. Hold on, let me uh, scroll up. Uh, I don't see a date. I don't see a date on this article. Because uh, this might be an old article. The French president, Jacques Chirac, said the Dutch vote, which came just three days after France rejected the EU constitution, had exposed questions and concerns about the development of the European project. In Germany, the Chancellor Gerhard Schröder said the situation must not become Europe's general crisis. Well, it needs to. So there's got to be an older article because the current uh, leader of, uh, I don't know if he's the Chancellor, Schultz was the... uh, the mainstream guy in the previous article. Dutch newspaper headlines today were as stark as the outcome of the Dutch vote, quote, devastating, no, the mass circulation of Algemeen Dachblad said, a daily newspaper. The Volksrand daily called the outcome the, quote, reckoning of the common man, unquote, adding, quote, the Dutch were always at the forefront of the European Union, but now the good kid in the class is the scene of an anti-European rebellion. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. Opponents of the EU Constitution describe the result as a breakthrough for European democracy. Real democracy, not Rothschild dictatorship. Harry van Bommel, who led the No campaign for the Socialist Party, was cheered by celebrating crowds in Amsterdam and said, quote, It's the people who for 50 years had to keep quiet about the direction, structure, and future of Europe who won tonight, unquote. And this is the Socialist Party, folks. Gert Wilders, a right-wing member of Parliament with strong views on immigration, said he was, quote, incredibly happy that the Dutch voter has rubbed it in the faces of the political elite in the Hague and Brussels. Although nine of the 25 EU member states have already ratified the treaty, European leaders last night appeared to be closer to an acceptance that the two referendum results had killed off the Constitution. Very good. So apparently, 
the uh, EU is trying to create an actual constitution for the various members of the European Union. Apparently, they've never really had a constitution, which doesn't surprise me. Speaking at a late-night press conference, the European Commission President Jose Manuel Barroso made no mention of the need to continue with ratification. Quote, It is a difficult moment for Europe, he said, adding that heads of government would decide what to do next at their summit in two weeks. However, he warned EU leaders not to abandon the treaty yet, saying, quote, I think it will not be wise for leaders to come with new initiatives or unilateral decisions, unquote. The uh, bankers may not like it. In Britain, politicians were sanguine, but reluctant to admit defeat. I guess it show, they showed blood in the face. The Foreign Secretary, Jack Straw, said the verdict of French and Dutch voters raises profound questions for all of us about the future direction of Europe. So anyway, yeah, I, I wish there were a date. Okay, sorry, sorry, folks. This uh, dates all the way back to 2005. So I guess there was a thrust, a thrust to, you know, uh, not get involved in the European. So here, let's do an up-to-date article. This is dated... 2022. Let me see if I can find something more recent, because uh, the article I was reading from earlier today was, uh, you know, very timely. So anyway, this goes back to 2022. Danish European Union opt-out referendum from Wikipedia. So this is encouraging, and it's more up to date. So here we go. Okay. Danish European Union opt out referendum. A referendum on the abolition of the defense opt out, one of the country's opt outs from the European Union, was held in Denmark on 1st June 2022. The referendum was announced on 6 March 2022 following a broad multi party defense agreement reached during the 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine. Again, they're falsely characterizing it as a Russian invasion when the Ukraine was bombarding Russian people for eight years since 2014. The referendum resulted in the yes side winning with approximately two-thirds of the vote. Now, what does that mean? After the rejection of the Maastricht Treaty in the 1992 referendum, the Edinburgh Agreement was reached, which gave Denmark four opt-outs in the European Union. So it's good to have an opt-out, one of which was on defense matters. The Maastricht Treaty was subsequently, as we said earlier, the Maastricht Treaty created the European, uh, the euro, the single currency for the member nations. The Maastricht Treaty was subsequently ratified in 1993. The defense opt-out meant that Denmark did not participate in the common security and defense policy or EU military operations. In addition, the opt-out meant that Denmark did not participate in the decision processes in the UN related to military operations. Fair enough. Okay, let the uh, other nations decide their fate, and uh, we can decide our own fate. This is the third referendum to be held in relation to the country's opt-outs. 
In 2000, the Danish electorate rejected the adoption of the euro as a national currency. Very good. And in 2015, a proposal to modify the justice opt-out was also rejected. For a referendum to be rejected, a majority of participating voters must vote against, and the voters voting against must represent at least 30% of the electorate. However, the parties behind the defense agreement have agreed that the result of the referendum should stand regardless of turnout. So if the Danish people do not want to get involved in the Ukraine war, that is their right, isn't it? Isn't that their right? But maybe the people should vote for whether we should go to war, not just the politicians. The defense agreement was signed and presented by the leaders of the Social Democrats, Venstre, Socialist People's Party, Social Liberal Party, and the Conservative People's Party. So it's a coalition of people who don't apparently, apparently don't want war. The parties endorsed the agreement, which also included increased defense spending and the aim of ending the country's dependency on Russian gas. Liberal Alliance and the Christian Democrats have also endorsed the yes option, while the independent Greens voted yes but did not recommend voters what they should vote. The Danish People's Party, New Right, Young Conservatives, and the Red-Green Alliance have opposed the abolition of the opt-out, recommending the electorate vote no. So the the people should retain their opt-out. Denmark should retain its opt-out. Four opt-outs should retain them all. On 30 March, the Danish Foreign Ministry released two bills, draft laws for organizing the referendum and joining the Common Security and Defense Policy, which is obviously an EU initiative. Following this, the wording of the referendum question, which did not mention the European Union, (laughs) right? Oh, no, you don't want to mention that, nor the opt-out, was criticized by the Danish People's Party and the Red-Green Alliance. So, be specific. What do you mean by common security and defense policy? Do you mean joining the European Union in military style? Is that what you mean? No. No, we don't want to say what we mean. Jeppe Kofod, Denmark's foreign minister, defending the wording, emphasizing that the vote was about joining the other 26 EU member states. There you go. Yeah, join the EU. Following the criticism, Kofod announced a changing of the wording to on April 7th, which read, quote, Do you vote for or against Denmark's participation in the European defense and security cooperation by abolishing the EU defense opt-out, unquote? Now, that's a very specific question. Good. They forced forced that politician to be specific. Concern was raised that eliminating the opt-out and participating in the CSDP could eventually lead to Denmark having to join a European army if one were created in the future. Foreign Minister Kofod committed that any such change would require treaty revisions, which would be put to the Danish people for approval in a new referendum. Well, the Danish people have already said they don't want to join any military, any EU military. So stop bugging us about it. Television debates. Four major television debates involving the leaders of parties represented in the Folketing were held. That's apparently the uh, name of their 
legislature, Folketing. And uh, so uh, it's giving a list of opinion polls here. Okay, by constituency reactions. The, the polls too uh, too uh, confusing here, so I won't read from the polls. Aftermath reactions. Exit polls released by national broadcasters DR and TV2 immediately after polls closed at 20 CEST, which is 18 UTC, showed a large majority of the electorate had voted yes on what? This was the first time that Denmark had ever abolished one of its EU opt-outs. Oh, okay, so they voted to abolish an EU opt-out. Which one? This was the largest share of the vote ever received by the yes side of an EU referendum, with the result being described by some as a landslide. The turnout at 65.8% was noted as one of the lowest of any EU... (laughs) One of the lowest of any EU referendum, with only the 2014 Danish Unified Patent Court membership referendum having had a lower turnout. Election scholars expressed concern and attributed the low turnout to some parties being hesitant to campaign, as well as the opinion polls prior to the election showing the yes side having a large lead. Prime Minister Meta Fredriksson commented she was very, very happy for the result, and said that Denmark had sent a very important signal to its allies and a clear signal to Vladimir Putin. Okay, which means, well, the politicians are saber-rattling. The politicians are saber-rattling, and some Danish people fell for the saber-rattling. So apparently it was the military EU opt-out that was being discussed. She also praised the cooperation with the other parties that had advocated in favor of the referendum. Fredrickson emphasized that there were no plans to abolish Denmark's remaining opt-outs, promising that the referendum had been about the defense opt-out and nothing else, unquote. Venstre leader Jakob Elleman Jensen said that the vote sent a clear result that the other countries could count on Denmark. Yeah, that's too bad. There's no need to count on Denmark. The Jews can hire their own armies. He then focused on the next Danish general election, saying that the country's right wing should work together to give Denmark a new government. Well, I mean, that's encouraging. The right wing should work to, to give Denmark a new government. I like that idea. Morten Messerschmidt, a fine German name if there ever was one, Messerschmidt, commented that the results showed that the Danish People's Party was alive. He said that many people's votes were influenced by the war in Ukraine. Yes, indeed. Political spokesperson of the Red-Green Alliance, Mai Vilatsen, said that she had very great respect for the result of the election. Yeah, the the liberals always always have respect for the election if it turns out in their favor. She mentioned that many of the party's voters had voted yes and promised that the party would remain engaged with defense policy. So, therefore, get rid of the idea that women are doves and men are hawks. When women get into power, they become hawks. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen 
welcomed the result and said that Denmark and the EU would benefit from the decision. Warhawks, all of them. French President Emmanuel Macron said that it was very fantastic news for our Europe and it, we are stronger together. Yeah, yeah I mean, just invent more slogans, please. We need more slogans promoting war in the name of defense. Developments. With the end of the EU defense opt-out effective from July 1st, 2022, the Danish government had the power to request Denmark's participation in the European Defense Agency and permanent structured cooperation, whatever those things mean. On 23 March 2023, the Danish parliament approved participation in the EDA and PESCO. PESCO members will vote on Danish participation as early as 23 May 2023. So I'm wondering if what, what happened as a result of that. But that uh, change in the opt-out policy, is that is not good news. The warmongers won on that vote. Okay. All right, folks, that's our show for today. By and large, especially the news from Germany is very good. The, the Germany's right wing is waking up. And we're hoping that uh, this this trend will continue all over Europe. And uh, Hungary, Belarus, etc., th- those nations that do not want further immigration. And there's more European nations going that route will eventually form a right-wing coalition and result in the destruction of the EU. We need to pray for that. Father Yahweh, let that be a reality. Let the EU be destroyed by a right-wing resurgence in Europe, a white right-wing resurgence in Europe. Thank you all for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Bye-bye.